0: Hey friend, and welcome to Presence and Purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know it seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you find your people online, build a client-attracting brand, and grow a wildly successful business that's aligned with who you are and God's purpose for your life. It's time to stop looking around at what everyone else is doing and start fully embracing the unique calling and message that's been placed inside of you. Join me in conversations around personal branding, faith, marketing, messaging, and so much more to help you confidently show up for the people you're called to serve. All right. Hey guys, I am talking with Carly Myers today. Carly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes. So we are going to be talking all about stress today and purpose and why purpose is so important, which is something that I am super excited to talk about. Um, we had someone connected me with you and in your email, I mean, you, you gave me some stats about like how important purpose is in relation to stress and reducing stress. And I was hooked right away. So um, I'm really excited for you to kind of share all this goodness with my listeners. Um, So before we dive into that, I would love if you could just like real quick kind of tell us who you are, what you do, and then we'll jump in from there. Sure. So
1: I'm Carly Myers, founder of the Stress Less Company. And what I do is I support female leaders. So think. Uh, business owners, executives, uh, things like that, managers who are overworked and exhausted to find that sense of peace and freedom that they desire. And really as a result of our work together, not only do they uh, deepen their spiritual understanding, whatever that means to them, they also learn those tactical tools that they need so that they can experience more free time, more efficiency, and yes, even more prosperity.
0: Yes. I love it. And who doesn't want all of that? Right. (laughs) Right. Tie me up. (laughs) Right. Oh, okay. So tell us about purpose and stress. Like, let's just dive right in. Um, because this is something that honestly, like I never, I've never put those two things together, but obviously like, you know, you think about it for a minute, like there's definitely a connection there. So tell us, tell us all about it. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay.
1: So we have, so what we connected over via email. Well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the name of your podcast because it just yes. really resonated for me, right? Present yeah. focus. And I literally, when we were introduced, had just taught a community-wide training to all of my clients around purpose. And I was like, oh my God, oh my <laughs> goodness. Like this is divine intervention. Like we were supposed to be talking. Yeah. Um, And I was sharing with, with my clients that that there's actually been a ton of studies around purpose, and like people who have a sense of purpose are actually like they're actually experiencing positive health benefits. So they tend to live longer. And one of my favorite studies is a study of Japanese men. <laughs> very fascinating study, but Japanese men uh, there was quite a few studies that they live longer when they have a sense of purpose.. Um, they tend people with a sense of purpose actually tend to be protected against heart disease, which is I think mm-hmm. the number one killer outside of outside of stress. I think it's the number one killer yeah. of of at least Americans. Um, you Google that, make sure I'm right. But <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Right, and so it actually protects us against heart disease, and people are actually less likely to develop Alzheimer's disease as well. Like mm. when I think it was Dr. Patricia Boyle a neuroscience a neuropsychologist at the Rush Alzheimer's Disease Center in Chicago she actually found that people with a sense a low sense of life purpose were actually 2.4 times more likely to get Alzheimer's disease mm. than those who had a sense of purpose and then oh my god we could spend all day talking about this yeah. there, <laughs> there was there was another study where they studied women and and their tolerance to pain. And they actually found out if women have a higher sense, like a deep sense of purpose, they were able to tolerate like even better tolerate cold and heat stimulus applied to their skin. So they could, their pain, their pain response, like they could handle more pain. Yeah. Which what's really interesting about that is that the human mind, like the human brain doesn't actually know the difference between emotional pain and physical pain. So that tells me that like, it's just all the pain response that's happening on a primitive level. So that tells me we, especially women in in this study, it tells us that women are much more resilient when we have a sense
0: of purpose. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I was, I was blown away. Um, And of course, you know, when you have a sense of purpose and you don't have to
0: deal with all that crap, you're a lot less stressed. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Well, Oh my gosh. Like when you say that, I even think of, um, so I'm really big into natural health. I had a like nomads, uh, natural birth with my daughter and I did a water birth. And I just like you said that. And I think of that as an example of like, well, yeah, that was obviously pain with a really big purpose. Oh my (laughs) God. But like it, that's what got me through. Like, that is so cool.
1: <laughs> that actually is fascinating. I just saw a video on the internet the other day that showed an epi I can't even say the word epidermal. Yeah. What it is? Epidural.
0: Epidural. yeah. You can yeah. tell I've
1: never had children. So <laughs> they showed this video. They were like, this is never like, t- tell me which needle is used for, for this. Yeah. And they held up a little needle and then they held up a medium needle and they're like, Joking's two male doctors, of course, and they're like holding up the first one. They're joking. They're waving their finger, like "ha not this one." And they hold up the next giant needle, and they're like "ha ha, not this one." They hold up this probably like twelve-inch freaking needle, and I was like, "You've got. I've never had." You're like, "Uh uh-uh. <laughs> nope, ain't happening. No way." But so interesting. So you did it all natural because I was reading the comments, and it was yeah. saying these women. They were like, "Yeah, you, you, you." yeah, I'm terrified of that needle now, but you'll be begging for that needle, you know, when you're giving, giving birth, but you're saying that sense of purpose. I mean, that really applies to the amount of pain you're able to
0: withstand. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's like, obviously, I mean, I've got friends like in all, you know, all spectrums of that, of friends who are like, yeah, just give me the needle. Like, no, thank you. And then other friends who are very much on the same page with me as, um, the same page as me in terms of, I'm like, don't get that needle anywhere near me. No, thank you. That is terrifying. (laughs) But also just like, because, um, and again, this goes back to purpose for me of like, I like to do research. Um, I have my degree in nutrition. And so of course I did, you know, lots of research on, um, you know, nutrition and, and what it, like what our food does to our bodies and kind of went down that rabbit hole, um, and really just opened my eyes up to, um, I don't know, a lot of what we just view as normal and looking at, well, is that really what's best for us? And you know, what other options are out there? And so I remember, I mean, I watched, I, I binged on, you know, documentaries and stuff when I was pregnant. And I remember, I don't even remember what it was called. I just remember it was talking about, um, just kind of how the maternity birth whatever you want to call it industry in america has kind of evolved into you know like uh a lot of like medical intervention um and just kind of like the side effects of that and something like shifted in me where i was like i'm not gonna do that like i don't want to do that and that became like a really um like that really anchored me in just like prepping for it. And honestly, like from that point, I was like, like mentally I was like, there's no, like, I don't see any other. I mean, of course, if there was an emergency, I was open to like having medical intervention, but it was just, it really like anchored that purpose in me of like, this isn't just for, I mean, there's my health, there's my daughter's health. Um, now and- I need to know what the name of that documentary is. I oh. know I can say,
1: so this may be TMI, but I passed a kidney stone in July. Talk about physically stressful <laughs> yeah. thing to do. Yeah. So I had a kidney stone and this talk about nutrition. When I was in my early twenties, I uh, drank a lot of protein shakes. You know, mm. the, the mm-hmm. industry tells you that that's good for you. Right. Kidney stones, right? Uh, right? That's what happened. <laughs> um, and so I passed a kidney stone and I, and they say that passing a kidney stone is is almost if not equivalent to giving birth and I will tell you I was in that emergency room being like give me more morphine <laughs> give me more I am not doing this so I who knows I'm hoping this documentary will will shift my perspective of birthing a kidney stone at least yeah, <laughs>
0: be be prepared and breathing through the next one. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I've never, I've never, I mean, there is no, I'm a mom. There's no such thing as TMI. Like um, I've never experienced that before. I've never had kidney stones, but I know like, I know of someone who has, I mean, she's both had three kids and has had multiple kidney stones. And she was like, they're pretty equal. Like I might say kidney stones are more painful. And I honestly, when I think about that, It's so interesting. I never thought this was gonna come up in our conversation, but like I feel like that's where, like, you know, looking at like the the very similar pain levels, it's like, well, one does not have a purpose. (laughs) You just pass a kidney stone and that's it. (laughs) The other one, you are now meeting this tiny little human that is your offspring. So it's like (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the purpose is to get the impurity out of
1: your body, which is very good. Right. But I think about the level of pain that this little thing causes. I mean, it's literally, ah oh God. I mean, it's smaller than the it's so small. I yeah. can't even tell you. It's so small. And to think like an eight-pound baby causes the same amount of pain as this tiny little thing. <laughs> like
0: like this a powerful little thing. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. So I mean, interesting. So purpose, I mean, it really, it's powerful. It's really uh, powerful stuff. when you really are grounded in it and you really believe in
0: it. Right. Right. Well, and it's like thinking too about, um, you know, business, like, I don't know. How long have you been in business going on my fifth year, fifth year. Okay. And I'm in my third year, like, oh my gosh, talk about something that is hard. And I, I don't even want to say that as like, business has to be hard. It's just like, is there's ups and downs. There's, there's no clear path. Like it's just, you don't get your paycheck every Friday, like everybody else, you know, there's no five-step plan that you follow and and plug this into the formula and out pop success. Like blame your boss. Yeah. And so like to be grounded in purpose, like as you are going on that journey is just like, I, I couldn't, I I honestly could not be in a business just for the money. Like if there's no no bigger purpose. And I remember, I mean, there's people out there who are like I, um, when I started my business, I was a designer and so I did brand design and then shifted into um, like branding and business coaching. And I remember like having conversations with people. I remember one, um, one person in particular and just hearing through her answers, I was kind of like so what is the bigger purpose? Like the bigger purpose was just a, another like financial figure goal for her clients. And I was kind of like, but what's the point? Like, (laughs) what is the point of all the money? Like, and it's just, um, yeah, I honestly could not be in business and like withstand the, um, all the ups and downs, like without being grounded in that, like talk about stressful situation. My gosh.
1: (laughs) yeah, business is such an interesting thing, and I feel like it is, so I always say that relationships are probably the biggest spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. But I really think business should be right up there. Like business and it relationships should. because you know, you have nowhere else in your life are you asked to experience rejection on on a regular basis. yeah, and and smile through it and and be grounded and be okay with rejection. I mean, it's a basic human need to want to, to be like love and belonging as a basic human need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in business, you are continually being rejected. And so for many people, it's very emotionally threatening. It feels it's very like you just, I've had business owners where they're like, you know what? I can't take it anymore. I gotta, I gotta get out. I'm, I'm losing, you know, my sanity because, because of that. And then you have other folks who again, I think maybe there's that sense of purpose there that they're able to say, well, no, that person wasn't right for me. That person wasn't right to fulfill, to be the extension of my purpose. That person, mm-hmm. um, wasn't a hundred percent in alignment. And that makes it so much easier to deal with that, that no, that rejection, that, you know, having, having instability in some ways.
0: Yeah yeah I love that point too. I'm so glad that you said that because absolutely it's like it's a lot easier to sit with a no or a rejection or like you know whatever it is if you know that there's there's a bigger reason for it like they weren't I say this all the time of like you know when it comes to clients or even just people in general like not liking you. it's like well, they're not my person like
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know there's there's people that I'm meant to serve and clients that I'm called to serve. And again, like I have my own God-given purpose that I'm living out in my business. And if they're not part of that, that's okay. Right. Like there's someone else that's meant to help them instead of making it this big personal thing. Um, that's huge. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny that you, that like this conversation is coming up because I literally just had this conversation with my team. Um, I had an, an enrollment conversation with a woman that we were, we were all like as a team, we were really excited to have her on board. We were like, oh, she's she's like gonna be a great client. She's gonna, she's gonna her her life's work is gonna just like with this support, it's just gonna skyrocket. And and the ripple effect, we get really excited about the ripple effect of seeing these yeah. female leaders it just yeah, kick some butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I get on this enrollment conversation with this woman and I'm getting the energy that she's just not ready. She's Mm -hmm. just not ready. Um, you know, things like, you know, I'm not that miserable. I'm not, you know, not really being ready to admit that things are hard that she could be. And even if she's not that miserable, she's a little miserable. So maybe it'd be helpful to get some help. Right.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Um, now from my perspective, I was, I was talking to my team about it and I was like, it's not my job to to tell her, to convince her that she's ready.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's not, it's not my job. And otherwise I heard a woman, I'm gonna kind of try to tie this together. I was at at an event a few years ago and this woman was just sharing, it was kind of like a little breakout group. She was sharing an experience about how she really, she's a fixer, she's a helper. She's always trying to support people. She was like paying people's rent and like showing up at 4 a.m. whenever people called for her. I mean, she was doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. And she realized somewhere along her journey that in doing all of this stuff, and it was harming her to do it because then Mm -hmm. she couldn't pay her rent. She couldn't, she wasn't able to show up in her job and do her purpose and and all this stuff. She was trying to, to step in and fix all these people when they didn't really want help. They wanted help, but they didn't want real help. Yeah. And she realized that it was, she's like, oh my, oh my goodness. I have a God complex. Like, I think that I can do what god only can do yeah and that about broke my brain i was like what (laughs) like oh my god i i'm like there goes every codependent behavior i've ever had like every time i wanted to people please or fix somebody like i am not god that is not my job it is only my job to be open and ready and and also um kind of be the answered prayer through marketing and things like that be seen so that when someone's ready they're on board and I can support them through uh you know through an enrollment conversation if they're scared or they're concerned but it's never my job to force.
0: Yeah. Well that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> broke your brain. I'm like Phew. I've never connected it like that but that is so good. Yes, because it's like you know we can't um we can't try to like hold on to the outcome. Like, you know, it's it is our job to like guide, you know, with with um, relating it back to like enrolling new clients, like we're not here to twist someone's arm and convince them why they should work with us. It's like, if you're ready, like I can't convince you. I can't because um, I don't know if you've heard the saying, but like, you know, I've heard the saying of if you have to drag someone into your offer, you're going to be dragging them through it. And (laughs) I'm not about (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Oh, so yeah, me too. Me
1: too. Totally been there. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And then you end up in that situation where you have a client, you, your business feels so heavy because you have a client that's driving you crazy and you're, or, and, or you're so you're losing sleep because you're so worried about them. Right. And, um, so it can be so much more useful whenever you just find that you, you create space for the clients that
0: are in alignment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you end up stressed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you end up less stressed, you know, just by allowing, just being open to the people that are right, the people yeah. that are ready.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you wanted to share in terms of like the the purpose stress connection?
1: Oh, you know, I would just say that I I found this really interesting. Um, researcher, what is his name? Um, Stanford University researcher William Damon. He did this really. He's like one of the world's leading researchers on the development of purpose, and he, he's written books and stuff like that. He's mm-hmm. like the Brene Brown of purpose, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he actually believes that people fall into four categories, um, when it comes to having a sense of purpose, which I love anytime someone puts things in boxes because I'm like, no. oh, it's like a quiz. Who I am I?
0: Totally, I'm like that too. It's like with personality tests when people are like, I don't want to be boxed in. I'm like. I'm already in a box. Tell me which box I'm in. Like, (laughs) I'm a sucker for a quiz.
1: Like, which Disney princess are you? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, So I found this. I found that he had four categories. And I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let me read these. So he has four categories when it, like, in terms of the people and how people relate to purpose. So the first category, I'm going to start with uh, the disengaged. That's the first category. And we go up to to most. We'll go up from there. Okay. So the disengaged, so these people, they don't have a sense of life purpose and they also, they really just don't have a desire to find one. They're, Mm. they're really disengaged in that way. They're kind Mm of, um, my interpretation of this is that they're kind of like autopiloting. Mm -hmm. Right. Then you have the dabblers. And so they're, they have engaged in, they've like done some purposeful activities. Um, but they're not really committed to one thing in particular. So they like over a long, especially over a long period of time. So maybe there's they're that person that's like switching from job to job to job to job. Yeah. Um, and they really struggle. Like let's give it in a business situation, for instance, like someone asks them what what their purpose is in a networking event, they would they wouldn't really know how to respond. They're kind of stumbling over. They the take word. 10 minutes to answer the question. Yeah. You're like, whoa, what? just happened. There's word vomit everywhere. <laughs> so they're they really struggle to articulate that. Yeah. Um, so we have the disengaged and the dabblers. And then we have the dreamers. And the dreamers, they think about and possibly even express really, really great ideas, but they haven't taken practical actions. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, I feel like it was Jim Carrey. I think I watched an interview with Jim Carrey. Uh, years ago, where he was talking about like manifestation is great. Like you can manifest it, keep on dreaming about or manifesting a sandwich. You know, think about it. Yeah, I really want a sandwich. I want a sandwich with lettuce, tomato, ham. I don't know. <laughs> right. He's like, but it doesn't really matter if you're not taking any action to make sure that a sandwich shows up in your life. Right. Are you walking right. near a, a sandwich shop? Are you going to the grocery store to get some bread? Right. It doesn't really matter. So I think the dreamers, I think of that interview. Yeah. Um, A lot of thinking and not a lot of doing. Yeah. And the last category is the purposeful. And so these are the people that found something that is personally meaningful to them and that also contributes to the greater good. So they've, you know, sustained interest over a long period of time. They can clearly articulate their why, whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And so I was really excited whenever I read this, I was like, oh, I'm purposeful. Yay. <laughs> I was like, Oof. ended up in the right category. Right. But you know, I think this is a really good, you know, oftentimes the Disney princess quizzes aren't very helpful. We're just like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. this is an algorithm, whatever, or it's randomly <laughs> generated. Yeah. So this, you know, you, if you're really,
0: if you're really honest with yourself, you can get a clear idea of where you're at and where you need to go. Hmm. Yeah, I love how he broke that down into like the four different categories. Um again, that's why I always like any like you said, any of those systems where they break it down where it's like my brain can make sense of, you know, all something the so things abstract. that are going on. Yeah, exactly, something so abstract and just makes it like, you know, easy to see where you are kind of on the spectrum. Um and that's so interesting because when I hear you talk about like what the like the dreamer stage, right? Like that kind of third level or third tier. I feel like that's where a lot of entrepreneurs are like stuck, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting to me because it's like, that that classic um I'm sure we're all I mean I've been there like I've no shame like I've been in that place where it's like I have all these ideas and am I actually doing any of them? No, because I'm terrified but I'm <laughs> I'm like I've got all these ideas and you know and I can articulate what it is but like I'm not actually like getting the stuff together to make the sandwich <laughs> like like that yeah. Jim Carrey example. Um like there's a huge difference there and it's, it's so funny to like, look back at the times where I was in that place. And of course, now I can see like, why why didn't I actually do anything? And I mean, there's a long list of reasons why. Um, but I think like when you're in it, it's just, um, I don't know. I think, I think you get just kind of like caught up in the dreaming and forget that you like, have to do the other half of you no know, you know, I something. feel like
1: I feel like I've been a little i've definitely been more of a dabbler. i I had dream i dreamer dabbler definitely there. um I will say probably in in my younger years, I was more of a disengaged kind of person mm-hmm. um like in in middle school high school kind of area yeah. didn't didn't really care much. didn't really have a drive beyond myself at least. Um, but with dreamers, I feel like we at least from my perspective when i was feeling that and i was living that for myself it was like not like how can i it, this dream is so big this yeah. dream is so perfect it's so like untouchable in some ways like what the heck do i even do and i also i also had this kind of thought process of like how do i get from zero to six figures in less than a month like it was yeah. just like not really boiling it down to like okay there's a ramp up period what's the baby steps that i can take and so, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I'm talking to clients that are in that dreamer kind of phase, it's really about, I think, finding the baby steps the or the, the micro bravery steps using yeah. air quotes there that those tasks that take like 10 minutes or less that you can just implement, um, you know, no excuses. Everybody's got 10 minutes every day, you know, find, find that 10 minutes, even if you got to lock yourself in the bathroom, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's done. Like that, that can help you move you from a dreamer to, a, you know, the more purposeful. But I, I will say that like, I was more of a dabbler. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, even when I first started my business, like five, six years ago, um, there was a year where I like, didn't have an LLC. I was like, ma- I was like editing my website and I was like, where are the clients? Like, just, <laughs> I wasn't really, I wasn't really marketing. I just like created this website that was living in the middle of the internet that no one could, you know, no one knew how to search. Right. Um, and I was, I was just dabbling in that way where I was just like doing these random things, or I would, I would see that somebody did a webinar and I would jump on a web, I would do like a webinar. I, God, I listened to so many, um, so many trainings. So like just yeah, whatever stuck and I was dabbling in everything. And then I think the thing with dabblers is, is that we get so overwhelmed there's so much like at least for me i was like there's so much i have to do and i'm so behind in air quotes there behind like then it get becomes difficult to be purposeful but again it's struggling to articulate your why you don't really have a purpose so it's
0: hard to weed out all the other stuff right right exactly Um, yeah, I've totally been there too. And oh my gosh, talk about head spinning. Like when you're just like, like desperately consuming and like, just give me everything. And then, yeah, like feeling behind. I've said that I've heard so many clients and, and women in my community, like talk about that. And I'm always like, you are right where you need to be like, breathe (laughs) all in time. (laughs) Like relax. You're not behind. I promise. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. Um, Well, and like you, you had shared with me before we hit record how um, you've got, you said it's like a seven step framework that you kind of walk your clients through. Mm -hmm. And I know purpose is in there, Um, like with, you know, obviously your framework is like dealing with stress, right? Your company is called the Stressless company. Yep. Um, So I'd love if you could just kind of, you know, tie it back to that in terms of, um, you know, again, like this is something that you know, you've helped many women through. Um, and like, I I would love to just hear any, um, I don't know, like maybe what your process is for that step or, um, any insights that you've really seen in terms of like when your clients get to that point, you know, tying it back to their stress.
1: Yeah. So what you're referring to is this thing called the stress less method, my seven step um system. So just for context, so you know where like where my clients have been or where you might have go uh, yeah. before you get to the the step that you're referring to. So our first step is to deepen our spiritual understanding. So that step is about, you know, uh figuring out what works for you spiritually, what serves you. Um mm-hmm. resolving any issues that you have with a higher power. Um cuz I know for me I had a lot of them. I had to resolve first. Yeah. Um you know, step 2 Is identifying your blocks. What, why? Like, so in this situation where you were talking about being a dreamer, like all of those reasons you didn't take action were probably those blocks at the time that you were experiencing. So Mm -hmm. if you had seen them sooner, you probably would have been like, ah, crap, get rid of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Result, please. Um, And then, so you're the step that you're referencing is the third step in my seven step system, and it's create your vision. Mm-hmm. And so this is really, you know, at at this point, you've done a real clear inventory of, of, well, one, you have a higher power or a version of spirituality that really works for you. Mm-hmm. You've done, done some stuff there so that if there's stuff that's outside of your control, you can handle it off and you can focus on what's in your control. Right. Um, and you've also realized like, holy crap, there's a whole bunch of things that are blocking me from success that I had no idea blocking me from happiness, contentment, joy, whatever, that I had no idea I was carrying. Mm -hmm. And so in order for for you to be able to to tackle those blocks, to actually remove them, that's where the sense of purpose comes in, right? Being able to be resilient, being able to um, really have the rubber meet the road. So step three is really about figuring out that sense of purpose. Now, I just realized that we never even define purpose. Yeah. One of those words that uh, (laughs) we just like all assume, Uh, same with stress, right? We all kind of assume what, what it means. But so that researcher that I referenced earlier, William Damon, he actually defined stress as a stable and generalized intention to accomplish something that is at the same time meaningful to the self and consequential to, for the world beyond the self. You mean purpose or stress? Pur- purpose.
0: Okay. <laughs> so I'm yeah, like, so stress sounds really
1: nice. <laughs> is a, right. A stable and generalized intention to accomplish something that is at the same time, meaningful to the self and consequ- con- consequential for the world beyond the self. Yeah. I've never heard it so eloquently defined.
0: Yeah. Before. I love that.
1: And so it's, Oftentimes, when we we deal with purpose, we think that it's all about like, oh, I just want to help people, and so it's all about everyone except for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then we end up in like a resentful, frustrated. I'm doing everything, and nobody's giving me something back. Right, that kind of headspace. Yeah. Or we end up in in the you know other side of the spectrum where we have all the money in the world, and we get everything we want, but we're miserable mm-hmm. because we don't have that relation to others. And so, in step three that's the first thing we say, okay, what is my purpose? So for, for instance, my short purpose is to connect in with divine wisdom and share it, mm-hmm. that's it. I could do it through through the stress loss company. I could do it, I don't know, at a an animal shelter. I could do it <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, it has so many applications. And so I help my clients figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. And then we go even deeper. And we figure out how does that apply to life as we know it now, and how does how do we get from from where we're at now, point A to point B of the dream? And we have, we have kind of apply the tactical, the material, right? Because we all we need money, right? Because everything everything in the in the world requires everything tactical requires money, right? We need a
0: house to live right. in, therefore we need money. We need. Right. Food um, even if we're just buying seeds, we still need money. <laughs> right. Or even like the impact, like, you know, like a lot of my audience, like impact, I mean, that's huge for me too. I'm sure you like, <laughs> right. Talking about purpose and your impact. It's like, well, oftentimes we need money to make that impact. Or if we like really have a heart to give to a certain cause, like what they really need is your money. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you to make it so that you can have that impact.
1: Yeah. And, um. You have a client who wants, who's building up her foundation, right? Mm -hmm. But in order for her to have a foundation, she has to make money for herself to pay her bills so that she has extra to put in a foundation. Yeah. Right. Um, but this step, you know, that's the first thing is every, every single client of mine creates a 30 day plan and we Mm -hmm. do it every 30 days. And so what that does is it keeps us clear. It keeps us on track. It keeps us in alignment and it keeps us honest. You know, every 30 days we have to say, Hey, am I following this? It's not something we create once a year. And then we tuck away in a drawer. And then at the end of the year, we're like, Oh, right. Oh man. Like, are you, oh, I forgot about this thing. It's got dust and it's crinkled. And well, I closed a few clients, you know, a <laughs> year, I guess and So the 30 day, 30 day plan. You know, it, it keeps all of my clients on track, but at the top of that 30 day plan is, is their purpose. Yeah. And everything that's built out below it is, is answering really the question. How do I get there? What's mm-hmm. the baby step? What's the the first little thing that I need to do today in this moment, as well as what do I do have to do tomorrow? What do I have to do next week? What do I have to do this month? Um, and we, we do some visioning around this year and, and beyond, but it's really tactical in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that because, um, I especially love what you said about basically like the two sides of purpose, because it is like, and this is something I I talk about frequently as well. Like, like our purpose isn't about us, but it's also like there's so many ways that it benefits us and you like have to have a healthy, um, healthy balance of both. Like if you're just so focused on, um, you know, serving clients and you're really overextending yourself. And, you know, like the, um, the story that you shared about the person who was like, like giving their rent money away and then like, it's damaging, right? Like that's, that's such a uh, extreme example of like, well, oh my gosh, like, why would you do that? But, you know, we can still do that in our business where we're like undercharging. Like if you're Mm -hmm. not, you know, you want to help people, you want to you you know, like whatever our reasoning is, but we're, we're so focused on other people that we're not also making sure that our business supports ourselves and that it is, um, is this really the thing that lights me up? Are these really the clients that I enjoy working with? Am I being financially supported with my business? Like there's the two sides of it that, um, yeah, being on either extreme, um, I've definitely been in the place where I was so, um, focused on like, especially in the first year of my business. So focused on like myself that I was like, oh my gosh, like just, just focus. Like I had to like put my blinders on and focus on like, it is not about me in the sense of, you know, when I'm getting stuck in, um, just all the stuff focused on myself, right? Like when you notice that all your thoughts are like, but what will they think? Or what, like, it's all this stuff directed at yourself. It's like, mm-hmm. well, let's just like, turn your focus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, it's interesting too. Cause you think like, I know a lot of business owners, especially when they're first starting out. I know I was there when I first started out, you end up on a, uh, I, I prefer to use the language enrollment conversation, but the most of the world calls it a sales conversation, yeah. right? You end up on an enrollment or sales conversation. And when you're in lack, the whole time you're thinking, Sue's going to be my rent this month. Sue's going to be my rent this month. John's going to be my rent this month. Oh my God, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? Right? Right. And when we do that, right, that's, there's a, there's a selfishness in that. Mm-hmm. There's a desperation in that. And when we do that, we lose the opportunity to, to engage in that second part of purpose, which is the giving. Mm-hmm. But the same thing goes, if we get into an enrollment conversation and we give, 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 and we don't get anything, then it's not sustainable. We're not going to be able to continue to give because we're going to have to take a job at nine to five somewhere because we are, our rent's not being paid.
0: Right. Yeah. it's It's a balance between the two. Yeah, absolutely. So as we kind of like wrap up this conversation, I would love to hear if you have any like favorite ways, like, you know, obviously we've been talking about stress and purpose in this whole conversation. Um, and just thinking about like managing stress, I would love to hear if there's any, um, favorite ways that you love to have to like manage stress, even, you know, like super practical, like, you know, throughout the week, or if there's something that you do every day or whatever, um, whatever, are like your go-tos.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is a really fun question. Um, but before I answer that, I want to define stress because again, one of those words that we use all the time, but we could all mean something completely different. Mm -hmm. So the way that I define stress at the stress less company is it is a condition or feeling experienced when we perceive that the demands of that stressor exceed the resources we're able to mobilize. Or uh, another way of saying that is that we feel like we can't handle it, whatever it is. Yeah. And so when we're in a situation where we feel like we're feeling that stress, we feel like we can't handle it. The first thing that happens in the body is we trigger that fight, flight, or freeze response.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when that fight, flight, or freeze response is triggered, what happens is our the first thing that goes out the window is critical thinking. It's gone. Yeah. We lost it. <laughs> Goodbye. That's it. And that's really, a, for me, a terrifying thought, especially as a business owner. When I'm experiencing a stressor and I end up in fight, flight, or freeze mode, critical thinking is gone, which means I can't effectively solve problems.
0: Eek! It's a big problem.
1: (laughs) That's a problem. Yeah. It's like creating more problems. And so, you know, when you find yourself stressed or in a triggered state, maybe you're irritable, stress shows up in so many ways, right? Irritability, uh, exhaustion, headaches random pains in your body i mean let me hear the extreme stuff right heart attacks blah, blah 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 yeah in addition to that emotional state of that kind of overwhelm if you're finding yourself experiencing that the first thing that i i, I recommend to all of my clients is to implement a little bit of creative stress reduction and so creative stress reduction is something that is unique to what i teach and in, in you know at the stress less company and what it is is it's any activity that helps you get out of fight, flight, or freeze mode and get into a state of play or flow. get mm. a rest and digest mode.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. What do you what do you do? What's like your oh go-to? Yes. Okay. So this is <laughs> this is this is what I love
1: about it because it literally can be anything. So for me, uh right now, I will say, <laughs> right now I'm super into canning and food preservation. I love that. <laughs> yep. Like. How am I going to make this food (laughs) last a million years? No, that's one of my creative stress reduction activities. Um, I also do a little bit of yoga,
0: which I used to hate, which is, so it's really funny that I'm doing that now. Yeah. Such a great, like practical way, like you said, to just kind of get out of that. um, What was the term that you use? The creative creative stress reduction, creative stress reduction. Yes. I love that. Um, yeah. And I think about for me, like even throughout the day, like I have to be really intentional about taking work breaks. Yep. And I mean, I was just, um, looking up on Pinterest, like different little art projects with my daughter. Um, and so we made we, we grew rainbows where you like color with like, with, uh, you know, like just Crayola washable markers on like two ends of a paper towel and put them in cups. And then like the, you know, the paper towel, like it it's in like a, you know, a, a rainbow shape, but like the, the color creeps up and I was like, see, this is so fun. Like I get to be a kid again and like, it's creative. And so like, that's, that's usually like my go-to and I have to, um, I just have to be really intentional about doing little things like that. Like it's just fun and playful. And it's so easy for me to be like, no, just like color. I have to work, but I um, I love how you, how you
1: brought that, that little activity forward. Like it was no big deal. And like, literally that's another thing that might've broken my brain. I'm like, that's possible. no children going to do that later tonight.
0: (laughs) So much fun. Oh my gosh. And like doing all the different color combinations and yeah, no, I didn't make it up. I mean, we found it on Pinterest. I was like, this is genius. Like
1: (laughs) you're like, thank um, you. I will do this. (laughs) Yes. yes. I I do want to be clear though, in terms of creative stress reduction, it doesn't always have to be something so like seemingly artistic or it doesn't have to be like art or music or like it doesn't have to be anything like that yeah you know I have one client who really enjoys formatting excel spreadsheets more power (laughs) to her you know like I my best friend go get organized (laughs) yeah my best friend her favorite thing to do is make powerpoint presentations about like random crap that's so funny (laughs) go for it right um we're actually going to do a Zoom party where all of our friends make stupid powerpoints and we present them as like a fun little activity. Um but it can be, you know, it can be gardening, it can go- be going on a walk. Like I just took a I had the luxury of using my lunch break to take a 45 minute nap right before this. Nice. <laughs> right before this, right? So it can be it can be anything. And it could also be considering, you know, like how do I meet my basic human needs? Like am I am I tired? Am I hungry? Am yeah. I thirsty?
0: It's really the world is your oyster. Right, right. I love that you mentioned that because, yeah, it's like, I think when people hear the word creative, they, they often jump to like artistic. And for me, that's, that's very much like who I am. Like, I love to draw. I love to, you know, do stuff like that, that is very artistic. Um, but even like the canning example that you gave, right? Like, or for me, like, I'm super, um, Very much like embrace minimalism, and so like for me, I'm like I don't know if you've ever watched Friends, but like I'm like Monica, like I like stress clean, (laughs) like and then I'm like this feels so good, I can't stop
1: now. I'm like (laughs) I'm with you. I actually do that as well. When I when I uh, went back in the day, when I would find myself like really stressed, I would clean. Like I I was like a preteen, and my dad would be like, Oh no, there's something wrong with Carly. She's reorganizing her sock drawer for the fourteenth time nothing wrong, dad. God. I'm you know, fine. Like, yeah. We're one of those rare gems, you know? Oh yes.
0: Yes. I, I mean, it doesn't always happen. I, I swing back and forth between like, it's fine. This mess is fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine to like, I have to clean all the things and like, but it just, it feels so good. So I love that. And those are some great, again, great, great, like tangible ways to just like get out of that like stressy place because like you said it's like the fact that when you're stressed your like lo- logical A critical um, thinking yeah critical thinking is gone like that is huge and huge. that that in itself like just sums up why it's so important to not be stressed and to like get out of that place before it's just like you're um you're normal yeah, right? it, and when you're you're implementing solutions that are just going to create
1: more harm than good, for instance, procrastinating is like a solution you might you're you're when your critical thinking is gone, procrastinating may come up, and yeah. and then you have more stress down the line. The other thing that I want to just add really quickly, I know we're getting up, we're running out of time. We're having such a great time talking. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, Um, is that is that once you implement creative stress reduction, that that is not where it should end. Mm-hmm. Once you get out of that stress state, it is then your responsibility to address what created the stress to begin with. yeah, so, you know, like, for instance, going and getting a massage could be creative stress reduction, right? But I say you walk into a spa with money problems, you're gonna walk out of that spa with money problems, right? So yeah. it's up to you to then do the deeper work, right? Where we talked about step two in my system, which is, you know, identify your blocks. Step four is to remove them. Mm-hmm. right. So, Once you have your critical thinking back, it's up to you to say, wait a second, was this stressor unnecessary? Is there something, some way that I've created more suffering for myself? Is there something that I have control over that I can shift and change so that this doesn't keep coming up in my life? And that's really the deep work. That's where the real change happens.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Well, it's like the the definition that you shared of stress. I love um, how uh, what was it in there about basically like, if you perceive that, like, you can't handle this, right. Like, you know, your resources compared to what's on your plate or whatever, like that is when you get stressed. And that's Mm -hmm. such like, I've never, I've never thought about defining stress, but it's just such a great, um, visual because often like, um, you know, it is how we're perceiving it. Like we are trying to take on, like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, there's a name for the exercise. Um, it's like a triangle and like on one side, it's like your responsibility. And on the other side, it's like God's responsibility. Um, wow. basic, basically breaking down, like, this is what's in your control. This is what's not in your control. Hmm. Um, to just like, you know, when you're in that place, um, and, and oftentimes it is us trying to like take on things that really aren't in our control, and so, of course, that's going to stress us out if we're trying to control something that we literally cannot control. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's
1: funny. So the experience of stress, you know, you think about it, it's it's the stressor, but mm-hmm. it's really not the stressor. Like yeah. the stressor alone will not create stress. So it's the stressor plus the perception of the stressor that mm-hmm. creates the actual stress. So yeah. for, you know, for instance, um, I don't know. Like I grew up in in back country Maryland, where we had like dams every like I don't know three miles on 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 our rivers. Yeah. So I constantly heard about people going overboard and getting injured or even dying. And so for yeah. me, I was like, <clears throat> you know, like I am not going kayaking. I'm not going canoeing. I'm not going over a dam anytime soon. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> My so the the stressor being let's say like kayaking or canoeing. And then the perception for me is, is all the stories that I've heard that I'm applying to what that, what that could mean. And so I have this kind of response of like, you better do your research before you plop that boat in any river, you know, <laughs> like, ah, uh-uh. whereas my partner's like, or my, I'll actually give my dad's example. Cause I think it's better. Um, so he thinks of ki- kayaking or canoeing and his perception is just go opposite of the direction of the river and you'll never go over a dam. So I'm always safe. And I'm yeah. like, that's brilliant. Why didn't I ever, <laughs> like, if you're going opposite of the direction, then you float back. You always know. What's... Right. Because you'll be at, you'll see the the water at the bottom of the dam. You'll be at the bottom of the dam no matter what. Right. And so for him, it's like, no biggie. We'll just plop it in. We don't have to do much research. I mean, if it's blocked, it's blocked. There You're not going to really run into much trouble unless there's like a, a tornado? What do they call those? Where there's like a hole in the ocean?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but terrifying. Terrifying, and <laughs> you're not
1: gonna find that in a river, you know? Like yeah. not, <laughs> that would be really strange. And then we're gonna get comments. They're like, "Did you know?" There's, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all perception. That's yeah. All that is. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, I remember. Um, I'll just say this, this one last thing. I remember coming into business and feeling like, like I was hearing so much about like mindset work and the importance of that and, and the power of your thoughts. And I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, it hadn't really connected like head to heart of like, yeah, I know that that's like important, like whatever, you know, so I'm told it's it's important, rolled our eyes at that. We're like, come on. Like, no, I need the strategies. Give me the strategies. (laughs) But then it's like, you know, when you talk about perception and, and that's something that I used to roll my eyes at was like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I just remember feeling like, um, you know, when we're really in the thick of that's not possible for me. And then for someone to come and be like, well, that's what you're choosing to believe. And I'm like, no, it's not. Nuh-uh. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no. Snap, yeah. yeah. And, and, but it, it is like, and that is, um, I think that signifies like huge growth to even be able to like be in that place of like, like this is my perception. And even if I'm still struggling to believe that, like I can at least have the awareness that like this is my perception and I'm gonna deal with this so that I'm no yeah. longer like so stuck on this that I believe that this is true. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we actually teach in our in, in my programs is
1: how do we how do we rewire that perception? And it's, you know, we teach this thing called fact checking that helps us rewire our reality to be actual reality versus the perception that we have in our minds. And I do want to share one more example because I know you watch friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, this is, this has got to be shared. Um, not, I'm not condoning, um, affairs, but in, I don't know if you remember the episode where Joey's dad is having an affair with another woman. Do you remember that episode? I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Oh, Goodness. Well, I'm gonna. Hopefully, we'll we'll still be able to get the point across. And and for those of who have watched this, please back me up. Like back me up in the review or something. Um, but so Joey Joey's in New York. His dad comes to visit him, and he finds out like somebody calls his dad on his home phone because you know back then they didn't have cell phones as readily. So some some woman calls him his dad on his home phone, and he's like, "Hey, ma," and it was another woman, and he was just livid he was like are you kidding me so he calls his mom and he tells on his dad yeah and because he assumed that his mom would be really upset and she came to New York and she was I might be butchering the details but she was furious with Joey furious with Joey for telling on her husband his Joey's dad because she her perception of the affair is she liked it because his dad felt so guilty that he was doing all these amazing things for her now um (laughs) so again it's like you would think like a stressor like that would be like right every upset but in, in that scenario his mom was like are you kidding me you told him like he's been giving me groceries and getting milk on time and oh
0: my gosh taking- <laughs> dinners you're ruining it you're like not it. the average reaction to that I don't think I've seen that episode now I'm like how did I miss that I thought I had seen every friends episode on earth apparently not you're gonna have to go back through <laughs> apparently yeah <laughs> yeah well like you said yeah it's like perception is everything so that's like a hilarious example of like yeah not like connected with reality of <laughs> like what like you ruined it you've ruined it for me but yeah it's it's all person to person yeah so. yeah absolutely well, I think I could talk to you about this all day. I will let you go and honor your time. Um, where can the listeners connect with you online if they want to um, learn more about you and everything that you're up to? Yeah, so I'm basically
1: everywhere on social at the Stress Less Co. Okay. And then I will say, if if you're feeling like you need a little bit more support, I do offer complimentary stress assessments. Now I only have a limited amount of them because um, my schedule is quite busy, but what you can do is you can visit stresslessco.com slash apply, and there's an application process um, and you can fill that out, submit it. And um, should it be a good fit for hopping on the phone, a member of my team will be in touch within, you know, 24 to 48 business hours. And I'll say, you know, just for context, you know, what that really consists of is, first of all, we'll start with what's causing the stress and the overwork um, Mm -hmm. and the exhaustion in your life. I will really be like just holding energetic space for you. I'll be really listening. And then together we'll get to the root of why you haven't found that peace and that freedom that you really desire yet. Yet Mm -hmm. is the key word there. Mm -hmm. Um, So if that's calling you, you can absolutely visit stresslesscode.com slash apply
0: and submit your application and we'll be in touch. Well, I will drop, um, all of those links in the show notes so that, um, if they want to take you up on that, um, they can do that and then connect with you online. So thank you so much again for this conversation. This was super fun. And I know we went like all over the place. I kind of love when these conversations happen where it's like, we're just going to like jump right in and like go with the flow and good stuff always comes out of that. Oh my God. I feel like the organic, the real conversations are where
1: it's where it's the ju- That's the juicy stuff.
0: Yeah, it is totally. And you know, talk about kidney stones and business and birth and
1: <laughs> it's the purpose will save you yes. from your kidney stone pain. That's, that's the takeaway from this episode.
0: <laughs> yes. Remember that. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Carly. Of course. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.